Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. It's good to see your smiling faces this morning. God bless each of you for being here today. Again, as I pointed out earlier, it's the most important day in the Christian faith. We have Christmas where we celebrate the birth of Christ, but today is the most important day in the history of Christianity. Amen? The resurrection changes everything is the title of this message. The resurrection changes everything. Does the resurrection of Christ even matter? Of course it does. But how many of you like me have had conversations with people that they don't believe in the resurrection? They consider it another fairy tale, much like the bunny rabbit, much like Santa Claus, much like a lot of things that we see in this world. They think it's, well, it's a nice story. It's a great time to get together and, and celebrate an Easter egg hunt. Now, now, that's on the side. That's on the periphery, the Easter egg hunt. But it's not the main point here. The main point is that we celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? You know, Paul, and I'm going to read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and it's on your outline. But 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul was writing this, and he was having uh, debates. How many know he was a great scholar? He, he often debated people with the Word of God. Not his thoughts, but from the Word of God. And what he was finding is these people had a lack of faith, a lack of understanding in the resurrection. In fact, one of his greatest debates during that time was with the group. There were the Pharisees and there, there were the Sadducees. And the Sadducees, you know where I'm going with this, huh, Sister Brenda? All right. The Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. That's why they were sad, you see. And yes, that was good, wasn't it? But... <laughs> One thing, one thing I find amazing is that people still to this day do not believe that he rose on the third day. They, they believe it's a myth or it's a fairy tale. Let me tell you this right now. If you do not believe that Jesus Christ rose on the third day, this whole thing is a waste of time. It, it's futile. It's in vain. Right now, I'll just tell you right now, we're just another social club. If, if that's the case. But we know that's not the case because Jesus was seen by over 500 people after he resurrected. Not my words, but you can find that in the books of Josephus, a historian. In the Bible, Paul saw him. Um, there were over 500 people that saw Jesus. Not his disciples, the 12 or the 11 at that point. But over 500 people saw him. There is inconclusive evidence that Jesus was seen after his death. Amen. So here, here's what I want to remind you this morning. That the Bible says it did happen. He did resurrect. The resurrection changes everything. It isn't a legend. It isn't a myth. It isn't a hoax. It isn't a fable. It is truth. Yes. It isn't merely a nice idea that Christians have. It isn't merely a, a nice way to get together and have a nice prime rib dinner later today or a nice ham and have some people over to your house. It's not about that, although that's great. Amen? But many people believe this, that it's a myth. Many good people believe this, that it's a myth. But they're sorely mistaken. They're missing the mark. They're missing the whole mark of what Christianity is all about. 
Let's turn to 1 Corinthians, and if you'll stand with me, I want to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if you'll stand for the reading of the word, chapter 15, verses 1 through 5, and then I, or 1 through 4 actually, and then I'm going to skip down to verse 12, starting in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I'm reading out of the NIV. It says, Now brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. Otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. That is the good news, my friend, right there. Now, if we, if we uh, move down to verse 12, verse 12 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it says, But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is eternal. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It does not change, Father. Lord, you, set, you came to set us free. You came into this world so that we might live now I pray, Father, that your anointing would be upon the words that I speak, that we would have ears to hear your word, for faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we pray this morning that, Holy Spirit, you would speak to every single person, that you would meet those needs today. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that it would be so. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. 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 You may be seated this morning. Amen. On your outline. If you need one, raise your hand, um, but we have outlines to hand out. On your outline, the first point I have there is the death of Christ was necessary to accomplish God's desires for mankind. The death of Christ was necessary to accomplish God's desires for mankind. You know, if you want to know about salvation, all you have to do is, is look at his word. There's so many scriptures in here that talk about what the, the mission of Christ was. He was born into this world. His purpose, just like each of you have a purpose, even from the youngest to the oldest, you have a purpose in this life. But his purpose, purpose was to die for you. Many people, when we, last week we talked about Palm Sunday, how they welcomed him into Jerusalem as a king, as they laid down branches, palm branches before him, threw down cloaks on the ground, and as he walked in on a donkey, showing you that he was a humble leader, a humble... He didn't come in on a white stallion like a king, promoting that he's a king of kings and, and lord of lords. He came as a humble servant, amen? Yes. This, was, this was the beginning of his ministry right here. He, he knew that he came to die, his task was to die for you and I. That's a hard thing to understand sometimes. Thank God that was him, not, not you and I. Amen? Yeah. We could, would not be able to take on the sins of this world. 
See, I believe each of us here have a purpose and a God-given design in our life. Each of you are uniquely created and fearfully and wonderfully made, the Bible says. Amen? Jesus Christ had his mission and he did it well, just like you have your mission. Amen? His mission was that he would come so that we might have life. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That is the most quoted scripture in the Bible right there. That was his purpose for coming. Amen? Christ came to the world to die so that you and I could live. Again, I can't uh, harpen upon that thought anymore because he came to die so that you and I might live. Romans 6.23 says the following. It says, for the wages of sin is death. Wages are what? What you earn. How many here have a job? You earn wages. Whether they're good or bad, you earn wages. And you deserve those wages. You signed up when you went to this workplace and you said, yes, okay, I'm going to make this amount of money. And that's what you earn at the end of every week, end of every two weeks or monthly, however you get paid. You earn that. Jesus Christ here the, in, in Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The gift of God is eternal life. How many want eternal life? How many want to know today that they can have eternal life forever and ever with God? Amen? You can settle that here today. You do not need to walk out today thinking, well, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm saved. You can settle that today, the Bible says. Amen? We must accept Him as Savior in order to be reconciled to God. Our sins, you see, keep us away from God. There's a gulf between God and man. Jesus Christ bridges that gap now because of what He did on the cross. The death of Christ was necessary to accomplish God's desires for mankind. The second point is the resurrection of Christ is inseparable from the gospel of Christ. What does that mean? Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul began by saying, The gospel I preach to you by which you are being saved. The gospel saves. You know what the gospel is? It's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Everybody say that with me. Death, burial, and resurrection. Amen. That is the good news. The gospel. That's the good news. Without that, we have no good news. We just have news, but no, no good news. How many want good news in your life? And that's the death, burial, and resurrection. Paul says that the death of Christ, who died for our sins in accordance with the scripture. That's what he said in there. He died for your sins, my sins. But notice, Paul does not end there. He also says he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Jesus Christ prophesied that on the third day he would rebuild his temple. His te they thought he was, they were talking about a physical temple. That he was talking about the temple of that time. Jesus Christ was talking about his temple, his body, would be raised on the third day. And that's what you and I celebrate today. Amen. Have we, as believers, begun to leave out, omit this powerful message? The third day that he was risen, that he resurrected? I think too many times now in our churches, we don't hear that powerful message that he was resurrected. He, he has risen. He's no longer hanging on a cross. That cross should be empty. And it's great to have a symbol of a cross. 
um, I'd love to have one here, but it's just another item to haul back and forth, right? And, and you know, how many know we, we have a set-up team here, and, and, and it's all great and good, but the cross is empty. Jesus Christ is resurrected, amen? Yes. Amen. The resurrection, point number three is, Christ is the fuel that ignites our preaching to the lost world. The resurrection of Christ is the fuel that ignites our preaching to the lost world. Let me share it with you this way. It's like gasoline to an engine. It's like a protein shake for a weightlifter like my brother Damon. It's like a piece of of cheesecake for Pastor Rick. That's what it is. It's energy for each of us here. Amen? There's power in the resurrection. The greatest of the apostles, which is Paul, he said the following, If Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. That was verse 14 of that chapter we read. If, our Christ, if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is in vain. This, we might as well just go out and do anything besides coming to church. If the resurrection never took place. That would be a sad and futile day. We don't come here just to socialize. I, want, I can't emphasize that enough. There's power in the resurrection, but it's up to you and I to tap into that Holy Spirit power. Amen. This morning when you brought your instruments, your mouth and your hands, you were tapping into the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That, that's just a little snippet of what you can have every single day, every single moment of your life because of what He did on the cross. Amen. We misrepresent God if we believe and teach that Christ did not rise from the grave. Make sure you point that out to someone. If they say that, make sure you straighten them out. Christ rose on the third day. There is power in the resurrection. Amen? That is the good news. The resurrection of Christ. He's no longer buried behind a tomb. You know, it was great when we went to Israel. There's a few people here that have been to Israel and seen uh, what they believe is, is the tomb of Christ or a tomb like the one he was buried in. But there, there's a place as you walk in there and it's a limestone cave and you can walk in there and see where they laid his body and there's a sign there that says he is risen, he's no longer here. And it's pretty cool to see that. And it's a reminder to our Christian faith that he has risen. He's no longer dead. You see, I can take you to the, the grave of Muhammad. You gotta be careful out there. Okay. I could take you to that grave of Muhammad, and, and, and there's a grave there where there's a body buried. I can take you to the grave of Buddha. I can take you to the grave of you name them. They're buried there. But if I take you to the graveside of Jesus Christ, he's no longer there. He has risen, amen? He's risen for you and I. Amen. That's the good news that He has risen. Amen. The resurrection of Christ saves. The resurrection of Christ saves. Probably the most interesting statement that Paul makes here in, in this chapter is that if Christ has not been raised, your faith and my faith is futile. It's in vain. It's basically worthless, is what he's saying. And furthermore, you and I are still in our sins. I don't know about you, but that's not a happy day. That's not a happy day if I'm still in my sins. The death of Christ, as Paul says in Romans chapter 3, is the very basis for our salvation, for our justification, for our righteousness. It's the death of Christ. 
This one act of righteousness declares you and I as believers righteous in his sight. Again, the Old Testament tells you this, that your righteousness, the day that you walk around feeling, man, I'm having a good day. I'm a good person. I really do well. I help out in the community. I help American Canyon do this and that. I feed the homeless. I help the guy out at the stop sign and gave him a bag of McDonald's quarter pounders. And, um, you know, I gave some food to the homeless and, and helped them here and help them there. This is what God thinks of that. It's, it stinks before Almighty God. And you might think, well, why? I'm, I'm doing all these good acts. And, and don't take me wrong, God wants you to do those acts, but that's not the righteousness He wants you to have. He wants you to have His righteousness. He wants you to clothe His righteousness on. And the only way you can do that is by accepting Him and receiving Him as your personal Lord and Savior. Then He clothes you with his righteousness. The, the death, burial, and resurrection gives you that. Short of that, your righteousness and my righteousness stinks before God in heaven. That's what the Bible says, not Pastor Rick. That's what the Bible says. And I, I read that and I think that every day. because Not because I'm good or I do things that are good. It's because I'm reminded I need Christ in my life. I need him to walk with me. I need the Holy Spirit's power to overcome, to walk in righteousness. Because I have none. I ha- you have none, the Bible says. We think we do because we're always comparing ourselves to one another. Well, I did this and I know those people don't do that. And I did this and I know they've never done that. Well, quit comparing yourself to one another. Start comparing yourself to Jesus Christ. Amen? Then, then we can talk. Amen? The resurrection of Christ saves Sinners are declared righteous in God's sight. Amen? Amen. But there's much, much more. Much, much more. Not only does this death of Christ save us, but so does his resurrection as well. And this is what the main gist of, of the message here. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. By, by raising Jesus from the dead... God the Father declared his satisfaction and approval of the payment of Christ made on our behalf for our sins. Basically, he was saying, he is now risen. Remember, going back, when I preached on Friday, on Good Friday, I said, God had to turn his back on sin. Jesus, at that moment, felt abandoned. He said, Father, why have you forsaken me? That's what that means. Father, why have you left me? I no longer feel that presence of God. God the Father had to turn his back on his son, the Bible says. And it was at that moment that he took on the sins of humanity, the sins that you and I have, past, present, and future, for all those throughout humanity, throughout mankind. But by raising Jesus from the dead, God the Father declared his satisfaction and approval of the payment of Christ made on our behalf for our sins on the cross. God's approval right here, of Christ's death, demonstrated in raising Jesus from the dead, is, is likewise directed towards us so that when we believe, we receive the favor of God in our life. We receive blessings of God in our life. How many know that it's much better now, after receiving Christ, than it was before receiving Christ? Can you raise your hand if, if that's been true in your life? Amen. Amen. Apart from the resurrection of Christ, we have no hope. There is no hope apart from the resurrection. Again, I, you know, I've 
you've heard me mention that I've spoken with people even at my workplace that they believe this is it. This life is it. There's nothing afterwards. There's nothing to look forward to afterwards. And, and you know, rather than get into a long, lengthy debate with somebody, I don't. I just share with them. Uh, and this is what I always tell people like that. I say, well, I like to look at it this way that if you're right, I lose nothing. But if you're wrong, you lose everything. I tell them, if you're right, I lose nothing because I love what I do. I, I love blessing people and sharing and preaching the word of God. But now on the other hand, if he's right, I still don't lose nothing. I don't lose anything if, if there's nothing afterwards. But uh, I'm convinced there is a reality of eternity. And each of you need to be convinced of that here today. Because if you get to that point in time, it's going to be too late. Yes. You have to settle it today, here and now. Amen? Yes. You know, the, the Bible tells us that those that have had loved ones that have passed away, they are now with Christ. They are now together. Paul said it in another place in Corinthians, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Yes. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That means when this life is over, we go to be immediately with the Lord. Amen? Yes. That's the good news. We can think of loved ones here, all of us, that know that that person is with Christ right now, this very moment. And one day, you and I shall see them again. Amen? Yes. You and I will see them again. It's not over right now just because this life is over. We shall see them again. Amen. Christ has been raised. We are those who can now look death in the face knowing that it has no final victory. Death has no sting, as the Bible says, because we know the beginning from the end. Amen. We know that we have eternal life. We know that this isn't all there is to it. We know that we have rejoicing to do because, because we get to be with the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen? Amen? And in closing this morning, 1 Corinthians 15 reminds us here, Paul's words, Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord... Your labor is not in vain. Let me repeat that again because this isn't just meant for Pastor Rick. This is meant for every believer. Every one of you, I hear constantly testimonies of, of those acts of righteousness that, that you do or acts of, of, of serving where you may be uh, witnessing the people. Maybe you may be sharing the word of God and, and bringing people here. Uh, maybe it's, it's uh, helping them out financially or just uh, with a meal. Uh, those are acts that, that God wants you to do. And this is really applying to you. Again, therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Not only is it not in vain, but the Bible goes on in another place to say that you will receive a crown of righteousness for your works. Yeah. Works doesn't, don't save you, but your works will gain you a crown of righteousness. Now, I don't know how all that's going to work. God's going to work that in heaven. All I know is that you will receive a crown of righteousness. Now, why do we do things? Is it for a crown? No, it's because we want to serve Jesus Christ. Amen. Our King. That's why we do it. But he goes on to say that we will receive a crown of righteousness. Amen. 
And, and in addition, because Christ is risen, not only do we have hope, but we have the assurance that our labor in sharing the gospel, sharing this message of the risen Christ is not pointless or it's not without purpose, but it will matter for eternity. It will matter for eternity. You never know when you're sharing the word of God, when you're uh, passing on that seed, planting the seed in somebody's heart, what's going to develop of that? Garland, can I share just something? Where's Garland? Okay, there he is. Can I share something? He raised his hand right now. Okay. <laughs> a few years ago, when he first started coming, I first met him at a workplace. We worked together somewhere. Um, and, then, and then I invited him, or one day I saw him at uh, Movies in the Park. Yeah. Here in American Canyon, we used to put on Movies in the Park. How many remember those good old days, right? And... Um, I met him there. He came up to me and said, hey, good to see you. And that was a Friday night. I invited him to church. And that Sunday morning, he was here with his family. And he's brought, I want to say, dozens of family members here. I'm serious, dozens of family members here. But how many know that at that time, Garland was here. He was a, he was a Jehovah Witness. And that's what he believed. And he was here for months. And that turned into about a year. And every time we would have the Lord's the communion like this, he'd be sitting out in the back row. Why? Because he did not feel comfortable identifying with this faith yet. He didn't, he didn't get it yet at that time. But slowly over time, through the hearing of the word of God, through you loving on him and his family, all of a sudden one day, it clicked. And here in his heart, and in here. And then I remember, I remember that to this day. Because not only has he... Give him a hand. Give the, give the Lord a hand. Amen. God is good. God is good. But he received... Garland received the Lord as his Savior. He now partakes of communion every single time we have it. He's here faithfully. He's somebody, a brother I can count on all the time. Just like many of you here, I can call him up. I can call him up. I can call him up. <laughs> and, and he hears me. And he, and he comes and he does anything for, for me, whatever I need. And, and there's very few people in this world that you can actually count on like that. He's one of them. I count him as a dear friend. But God is good and it's his resurrection power that allowed that to happen. Amen? It's his power. How many here need the Holy Spirit in your life today? Do you need the Holy Spirit? And, and I really feel this morning that God's Holy Spirit today wants to remind someone in here. There may be a few of you in here that need to hear this right now. But he's here to help you. He's here to walk with you. You're not walking alone. He sees that hurt. He sees you at times walking by yourself and questioning and he wants to remind you this morning, he's here for you. And he wants you to just trust in him. To just give it up and just trust in him. Put all of your trust in him. And lean not into your own understanding. But in all your ways, he will direct your paths. Amen? When you begin to do that. And God wants to remind you of that great power today. That because of that, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Amen? You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you today because of what he did on the cross. Not because of how good you are, how good you know the Bible, how good of a person you are, but because of what he did on the cross. Amen? Amen. 
I don't want you to leave today without having this issue settled in your heart. We're going to say a prayer right now, what's called the sinner's prayer. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, that if you call upon the Lord, you will be saved. Romans chapter 10 and verses 13, it says that. And I'm going to say a prayer. And if you mean this prayer, you repeat these words with, with all your heart. And when you say this prayer with all your heart, God hears that prayer. God will honor that prayer. And if you say this prayer, you today will have assurance of eternal life. Maybe you've said that prayer, but maybe it's, you're at a point in your life where you need to recommit that life again to Christ. Maybe you feel that you're not where you need to be today and that you want to start again. What a better day than today on the day that He is risen that you would also be risen a new person in Christ. Amen? So why don't you pray that prayer with me? Why don't you repeat these words as we pray? Heavenly Father, I come before you. I thank you for sending your Son. He died for me on the cross. He was buried. On the third day, He rose again to give me everlasting life. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. All my wrongdoings. And to never remember them against me again. I thank you for that. And so much more, Lord. For giving me your righteousness. Your holiness. Thank you for being faithful to me. I love you. And praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you said that prayer this morning for the first time, or if you said that prayer again and just recommitted your life, I want you to let me know that because I want to continue to pray for you. But how many know that the Holy Spirit wants to help you in your walk with Christ? You're not alone. You're not alone. God wants to walk with you and be your strength. God wants to remind you that you're not powerless in this world. He's given you overcoming power to battle whatever demon it is in front of you. They have no power over you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen? The Holy Spirit can help you overcome any obstacle in your life. Whatever it is, you name it. Kick it out in Jesus' name. Right? Kick it out in Jesus' name. And let the Holy Spirit power over, overwhelm you, overtake you every day. You know, this, this week we're going to begin... Our, our Bible study, we actually started a couple weeks ago on the tabernacle, and it's about prayer. And there's this, it's, it's a dynamic that I want to encourage you to come if you can, 7 p.m. We're going to be getting into prayer like never before, studying what it means uh, on the tabernacle. It's something that was introduced to me recently uh, that I kind of came across, and I want to be able to teach you that. Because it'll, I believe it'll give you a power to help you overcome any area that you may be struggling with. The Holy Spirit power is there for each of you. How many know that? But he want, you, can't, you can't have that Holy Spirit power unless you tap into it. We can't have the power up here unless we plug into it. It'd be nice to set everything up, but if we have the cords just laying on the ground, it's, it's going to look pretty, but there's no, no power. So we got to tap into it. Amen? We, I want to encourage each of you, 
that we have to tap into the power of God. The times are getting tougher. Times are getting tougher. I don't have to tell you that. Here we live in a, in a state that has so many issues going on all around us. Brother Martin mentioned Sacramento. And, and he lives in Sacramento. And he sees it every day. And, and um, so there's a lot of issues going on right now. But we need to tap into prayer. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Let's pray as we close this morning uh, with a song. But I'm going to pray right now. Father in heaven, we praise you and thank you for this time of your word. I just pray, Father, your blessings that you would go with us, Lord, today. And as we close this morning, Lord, we thank you that you are risen, that you are risen from the grave to give us everlasting life. Father, we thank you again for your Holy Spirit. We thank you and praise you, Father, for all that you've done. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.